Greetings. My name is James Major Burns, and I am your host of The Third Degree with me, James Major Burns. And remember, people, this is a safe space for myself and others to speak on things going on in our lives and our world. Here, you get a chance to see what's going on behind the mind of the creative, because what you think ain't always the truth. Here, you get to laugh, learn, love, share, and sometimes debate. Oh, God. Cut it, cut it. No, just kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you my guest, Eugene Carper, and to the rest of the world that knows him and what he does, Mr. Glenn Alley. Hey, what's up? Sorry about that on the, on the notifications. It's one of like the few times I actually get a notification on my phone. <laughs> it will be right now. Thank, thank you, whoever thought it was important enough to text him. Right now, to it prove. wasn't even a person. It was just a news report. Well, you know what? It showed up when it needed to show up. Okay, <laughs> you, somebody sending you love somewhere. They need you to know something. But uh, thank you for being a guest on the Third Degree with me, your host James Major Burns. All right, thanks for the invite. Well, um, right before we started, we were talking about um, a few mishaps, like the phone ringing. Because sometimes my computer, which I'm, I'm going to mute my computer right now. See. Thank you for talking about this stuff. Sometimes I'll get an email and it'll do that stupid loud too. I'm oh, like, the loud Apple one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm like, why did I forget to do that right now? Or somebody will call me. I'm like, why are you Facebook FaceTiming right now? me right now? You never FaceTime me. <laughs> why would you FaceTime me right now? And I'm like, I don't think about that stuff all the time when I'm going into this. That's why I need... You know, new equipment. If anybody wants to donate and remind Trey that he promised me new equipment, I can have something completely separate that don't accept calls. But um, anyways, how was your day today? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, supposed to work out, didn't work out, but that is. What did you do instead? <laughs> I got. I was telling you a little bit earlier, like me and my friend, we was like hitting out, got ready, got the gym bag in the car, going to the gym. She looks over to me, and is like. I really don't feel like going to the gym. I'm like, well, the Chinese buffet is up this way too. We could go there. Mm. That sounds good. <laughs> that is just uh, that's just the total opposite of what the p- entire plan was and what you was trying to do. They're like, nah, you know what? We ain't gonna go work out, even though we said we was gonna work out. But not only are we not gonna go work out, we gonna go, we gonna go to the buffet. And I guess I guess if you ain't gonna do it, don't do it hard. Right. Do it the complete opposite way and go to. Hey. Could have been worse. We could have hit. Could have got like a pizza. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, a buffet is just like a plethora of things to get and eat for a while if you want to. True, true. You know, once you get the pizza, it's, it's one and done. Once it's gone, it's gone. Right. But y'all at the whole buffet, y'all. We don't know how long y'all were there. Y'all was like, "Nah, we just gonna sit here and chill." I mean, we did sit and chill. I broke her off on uh, my buffet hack. Not the hat. Yeah, like. I even uh, I, I tell people this all the time when I go to the buffet, they low on something like that you want, or you look there and be like, man, that don't look too fresh. Go and make a big ass plate of it. Take it and go sit down. Wait a few minutes because they're gonna have to replace they're gonna have to replace that tray up there. Then you just go up and oh, now you got your fresh whatever you wanted. So sometimes you gotta uh, play the game. Yeah. 
I guess that's good to know, but now you just wasted the rest of the other food. But I guess if it didn't look good, they should have threw it away too. So you just doing their job in hindsight. Yep. Forcing them to do their job. Well, that's, I know that's right. I don't really go to buffets anymore. People always make a big deal about it. They're like, oh, buffets. Right. My dad used to take us to the old, what's the thing called? Yeah, you had it right. Old country. I went there a lot growing up, when, like in my um, uh, elementary school years. Mm-hmm. But when I got older, we used to go to the Golden Corral all the time. I thought that was the joint. When it opened, I was like, this is the place. I can get mashed potatoes, steak, and I can go over here and get pasta. They got all of these cookies and this ice cream. I used to just get all of this stuff and never finish half of it all the time. And I was just wanting something to every. Because we didn't always get steak. You know, kids don't eat steak. I'm like, come on. Right. But my dad did show me love when I got older. He used to get us a steak all the time. He'd be like, what y'all want, steak? <laughs> that's what I want. I still, that's still what I, my first choice now. But, you know, I actually had a steak yesterday. Even though I shouldn't be having all these steaks that's outside of my budget, but hey, I'm going to go hard. I, I, listen, and I got my giant eagle car, let me tell you. <laughs> I be getting steaks for like $7. I'm like, you know what? This was a good steal. This was $15. I got $8 off the steak. Man, I got to tell you about the come up I had. I still remember because it's so legendary for me a few months ago. <laughs> got me three... Uh, Three of the New York strip steaks, like, you know, so they're pretty thick. Usually they're like 15 a pound. I got three of them at John Eagle with that Vantage car for uh, 16. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm like, praise God. Some days they have like really good sale, but it will literally be a one day sale. I'm like, yeah. So you got to decide right then and there if you, if, if it's really worth it to get it. Are you about it, that life or not? <laughs> like I, I've been on like this crunch bar um klondike crunch bar kick Mm -hmm. since january but the one with the no added sugar and one time i got three for ten had i known that was gonna be the only day i would have got a few of them you know and i go back and it's just like 3.99 again i'm like they four dollars for six but you know i keep eating them but i'm like okay this is also (laughs) adding (laughs) up then they had a sale the other day talk about 10 for 22.49 i was like nah it needed to be a dollar, a dollar a pack. I'll tell you about, speaking of Giant Eagle sales, like, they got this one deal going on with cookies. that They, they so wrong for it now. They ain't have it before. I just want y'all to know, he, he, he hit the table when he said sorry, cookies. Sorry, sorry about that. You got to understand this. It like, was serious. Like, I'm going to just give you a little bit of backstory. Like, a little bit ago, uh, they told me I, I got diabetes, right? So I got to cut down on the sugar. But I can, like, I save up, like, you know, not... Take anything high sugar throughout the whole day. Get like one cookie. Go to Giant Eagle to the get go. Get some gas. I was like, all right. It's like I could get my one cookie. So I get the cookie. Oh yeah, it's buy. It's buy two get one free. I'm like, I can't do that. It's like, but it's buy two get one free. Quit saying that. Right, right. <laughs> Tempted like, me. I'm a fat boy. <laughs> it's like, why would I not take the free thing? I don't actually get free things that much in life, so I might as well go ahead and take advantage. Of this one free thing that I do get. Right, but now I can't. I was like, y'all couldn't offer me that before I got diagnosed? Like, come on, man. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. How has that, like, changed your life? Man. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, it's the drinking. Uh, like, I don't drink alcohol, but, like, lemonade, tea, uh, most sports drinks, go. I got I to gotta drink, like, that low sugar, like, the zero <laughs> sugar stuff. <laughs> Like, man, mm-mm. 
Like I perfected my cornbread recipe like the week before it had like I got diagnosed. Ooh. It was so good and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> like my soul is hurt by this. It's like the sweetness. I be waking up like craving like sweets like a like an addict, you know. Oh my god. Sitting in the corner scratching my neck like <laughs> I need a cookie. <laughs> like I need it I need a cookie right now. Eat a cinnamon roll. I drive by, I drive by the Amish market. I just be looking like. <laughs> that Sarah McLaughlin song playing in the background while I drive by too. Man. But uh, other than that, it's been cool. Like, uh, biggest thing is the metformin medication. I make jokes about it on Facebook. Nausea and uh, as us black people say the bubble guts <laughs> right. and I'm gonna just leave it at that but uh-uh. the insulin has actually been cool like it don't even hurt to stab myself in the stomach with it can you just stab yourself like anywhere or is it yeah they say uh, like your upper forearm your thighs or your stomach and I just go with the stomach just because it seems I don't kind of easiest and that's how they demonstrated it to me right <laughs> I'm gonna just go ahead and do what they did yeah like when they gave me like that little demonstration I was like, all right, I'm going to just do what you say. And so is it like a one-time-a-day thing? Yeah. Um, I got to do it once a day. And, uh... You know, I actually think I just saw you say something about... Make a post about, like, something being free and then your medication costing, like, a lot. Somebody oh. was talking about... Um, I can't remember what it was about, but it was some, talking about some type of drug. Oh, it was, uh... I was talking about the insulin in the uh, Narcan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I know, like, a lot of people, like, they'll say, like, but how can Narcan be free and insulin cost so much and whatnot? And, like, they, they try to, like, put it in a light to make, uh, like, addiction, like, this, hor- like, they try to paint right. addicts as these horrible people not deserving of saving. And I said, like, even after having diabetes, having a you know, deal like now I actually got to worry about this. I still have sympathy, empathy, and compassion for people who are addicted to drugs, like because that is a serious thing to actually get over. It's not just simply, all right, just put it down and stop and walk away. Right. And for me, when people can be like really insensitive, knowing that everyone out here is. is dealing with something that they're mentally just putting on themselves that's extra stress that they don't actually have like we all do that and these people can't find any type of similarity or any type of empathy or sympathy for people and I understand how they feel like people who keep repeating things deserve what they get but it's they're human beings and it's happening to a lot of people right like the one thing that I've like uh, I think I even pointed out to someone on there is like, I'm diabetic not because I was born with this. I'm diabetic because of my terrible eating and uh, exercising habits. So, technically, just like a junkie, I'm responsible for my current health condition. And just like my, my myself, and just like everybody else, deserve it. Uh, you're deserving of compassion, basic empathy. Right. Besides, who are we to... I mean, to, to live. Right, that's, like... That's essentially what it is, to live. Like, 
it, it actually scared me with some of these people when they say like that wild stuff like oh that person don't deserve to live i'm like well i'm glad you're not an emt hey i'm like, a doctor well what are you gonna do about it like cause it, it, it sounds like you you talk about doing something about it right like what what makes it like what makes some person un, like ineligible of having life like and what you said, I'm glad you're not the doctor or the EMT because people are people and people get jobs and, and people in those jobs might feel like, well, this is my job, but this person keeps doing this to themselves. I disagree with it. Yeah, everybody take an oath. People been right <laughs> like uh, turning the tables on their oath since the um, oh. beginning of the time. <laughs> Right, they've been crossing their fingers behind their back since the beginning of the time. So, yeah, people out here swearing on whatever, but... Right, you know what they say, like, uh, what is it? Uh, when you get married, you take an oath to be faithful, and what's the divorce rate? 52%? Right. Something like that, so... Right. Meanwhile, we only been allowed to get married for the last five years, and Kat's still mad. I'm like, we just want to be as miserable as everybody else. Just let us... Because clearly y'all miserable because everybody get divorced over half the time. Right. I was telling this young guy at my job today... To marry this girl um well his girlfriend but they're having a kid mm-hmm. i said you better marry her he was like man i ain't ready to get married i still want to live i said go ahead and live y'all <laughs> y'all can always get divorced <laughs> but i said just go ahead and marry her now so you can get some rights to your kid <laughs> right and he was i was like lightweight joking but i'm lightweight serious because men just don't have that many rights to the kid the mom automatically gets the kid now granted they did carry the kid they did bake the whole kid and make it up and get it here yeah, yeah, but it's still take, a lot. It still take two to tangle, you know? Right. And I just, you know, I have a dad and a brother who dealt with, um, well, my dad dealt with multiple women for um, his kids' moms. Mm-hmm. So, whew, like, and we're going to talk about that. Right. But, like, so that was stressful. And my brother's dealing with the situation with his child's mother. And I know other people dealing with situations, and whether you call them good dads or just dads or, or fathers or not, but um, it's just not as much um, equal weight adjusted for the father as it is for the mother. Yeah. And I think it's probably because the mom carries the child. But like you said, it's, a, it's this a dad's whole child also. Yeah. I totally, totally, totally agree with that. But I want to, like one day I said, one day when I'm done with my career and I'm running for like councilman <laughs> or something, that's one of the things I would like to help change because, you know, I want to be a dad, you know. Luckily, I get to have a kid with Trey, but also, unluckily, we can't have our own kids, so we got to go shopping around. Right. <laughs> See how much it costs to um, get somebody to make one for us, or we just, like, pick one off the lot. Now, that sounds, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so bad, but that's how I look at it. I'm like, we basically got to go buy some kids, but, and... I'm all up for like adoption and everything. Mm-hmm. I just I wonder how it is because I have I know people who were adopted and then I'm, I'm, I have friends who adopted uh, uh, um, their child, and I wonder how it is walking in there like how it would be walking in there like. See, uh, are there stats? <laughs> I know. Uh, well, you do get a lot of information because uh, my cousin uh, he adopts. Uh, they uh, do foster care. Okay. Because him and his uh, wife. For the longest, they thought that she couldn't have kids. So they, you know, raised kids. They'd come, live with them for a while, and, you know, move it on to the next actual final home. And uh, just not too long ago, uh, ooh, she's almost near. I got to think, I think she's probably about two months away. But 
they got blessed with child, so they're going to have great. a kid soon. So It always happens when people think that it's never going to happen. Right. Well, yeah. Then I have a friend. Uh, um, I won't. Well, he's not really like secretive about the fact that he's adopted, but he's he was adopted. And uh, actually, when I think about it, I've never asked him about the actual experience before he got, you know, adopted by his uh, mother and, you know, their family. It's it's nothing like knowing a person who, who went through something that you can actually speak with them. And it's just their experience, but mm-hmm. just knowing a person who, who's going through that to have some more of an understanding. But, um, like, um, our godson was adopted by our friends, Kooten Jacinda, a.k.a. shout out, the Madisons. And he's a teenager, so what he got me to understand, and he would say to us all the time, like, if y'all adopt, don't just look at the babies. You know, teenagers need homes, need homes too. Right. And I really thought about that because a lot of times you go into, I, I probably think about going into, you know, adopting a child for my needs. And there's another person on the other end of it. That need, you know, that needs someone as well. So I know, I'm like, I want a baby as young as it can be so I can <laughs> raise it up just how I want it to be raised. And, you know, that that's not how it works anyway. See, but, you're better than me. Uh, I always joke, like, if I ever have a kid, I'll, I'll be like, whoever the mother of my child would be, I'll be like, yo, you got to take care of this kid for, like, the first two and a half, three years. Mm-mm. Once they start walking and talking, then I'm, I'm going to be up in there. I ain't about to do no diapers. I'm sorry. I want those young years. I feel like that's where the trust comes in and the bonding because there's no real communication, but there's an understanding. See, that's what it is. There's an understanding between parent and child before the words come, and see, then the communication comes, and they really get it. See, we can bond when <laughs> I can take their controller out of the game system, and they think that they're playing with me, but they're not. That's what right. That's deception. See, that's right. There. <laughs> that's the deception. Telling me that the Santa Claus was real, and then going to Salvation Army, and then my dad talking to one of his friends, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so we just saw Santa Claus at the mall. Santa Claus ain't black. I know him. I'm like, Santa Claus ain't real. I didn't think that Santa Claus was just somebody that everybody dressed up as. I was like, no, he ain't real. They've been lying to me this whole time. See, what got it for me was uh, wrapping gifts for other people. Like, my mom be like, Santa Claus is coming. My mom, why are we wrapping gifts for other people that we bought? I always <laughs> said about the gift. He said from mommy, daddy. I'm like, this says from, I know this is from grandpa. Like, it says it's from grandpa. I, de- I never got any gifts from Santa. <laughs> like, right. Why, why would I believe? I'm like, well, if he is real, he, don't, he ain't messing with me because and then, and then I ain't got nothing. Right, and you get the family that come over and they bring the gift with them, like it ain't even already under the tree. Like, they're just gonna sit it there. Like, why did Santa bring the gift to the wrong house? <laughs> oh, my mom thought I was too young to not know that we were Christmas shopping for me. I'm paying attention, sis. <laughs> I, saw all, I saw all of that stuff. But I would go in my mom's room and, like, thoroughly be in the closet, like, but I could not find nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I swear she had a hidden door. I would never find nothing, but it would be in there. I'm like, where is she putting this stuff? Is it a hole underneath the bed? But I could never find it, so she did a good job. My mom never revealed the secret to me either. Like, she just, like, Mom, we used to hide the gifts at. You know who really got me was the Tooth Fairy. I believed in the Tooth Fairy more than I believed in Santa Claus. (laughs) I couldn't understand. First of all, I had never seen a 50-cent piece before. I was like, oh. Oh, this is some other worldly type <laughs> stuff right here. Only a tooth fairy could bring this coin to me. 
I'm like, I'm a light sleeper. How is the tooth fairy getting under my pillow? Magic, duh. And I remember the day my mom told me the tooth fairy wasn't real. I was like, I'm gonna go to sleep tonight and put my tooth under the pillow. We gonna sleep. <laughs> Not tell anyone that you lost the tooth. I woke up and it was there. I was like, wow. Like I was, I wasn't devastated, but I was like, wow. It was like, I couldn't believe. I was like, I can't believe. <laughs> like deception. I had believed in this little tooth fairy all of these years. Put the tooth under my pillow and there's a 50 cent piece of gold dollar. I had never seen these things before. Hey, completely random on a 50 cent piece thing. What the heck happens to 50 cent pieces? Because I swear I've received them and never spent them. But I don't have a single 50 cent piece anymore. It's a period. They probably spent them. I don't never see them no more. But I guess you got to go out your way to get them. Right. But I mean, like, even then, like, because I used to I used to be the little penny bank collector. Like, I go in the dryer, the washer, on the floor, just collect all the pennies, quarters, and everything. I collected everything like that <laughs> to spend. I wasn't saving none of it. I'm like, if I'm collecting it right now, it's because I'm going to the store to spend it. Oh, like, I'd spend it. I just saved up to a certain point to spend, like, I think uh, um, I was probably about 10 or, no, 11. And uh, I just saved up all this money, all this money, and, like, went to the Giant Eagle little coin bank thing, you know, where you dump your coins in there. Had like 125. I was like, "Hey, mom, I got half for the PlayStation 2. Could you get me the PlayStation 2 with the other like, half?" Like, hey, I did my part. Now you just gotta hold on to yours. You said, <laughs> right? Caught her totally off guard because she didn't know I had uh, collected that much. Well, I, I ain't never collected that much because, like I said, every time I got my coins, young or not, I'm like, "All right, I need this to turn to ones to spend on this." <laughs> Oh, you straight right to now. the you straight to the corner store with it, weren't you? Yeah, I was like, yeah, we on the way to the boys and girls club. I need oh, this change. Gotta hit, gotta give me some, give me some three out the stores pop on the way. Right. So, and then there's lunch. Before, oh yeah, yeah. Lunch used to be free, then they started charging us, unless you was cool with, with the right people. <laughs> I used to be sitting there like, I'm hungry, but I can't. I, I don't have any money. But anyway, yeah. So. Uh, how you are here today is because I made a post about um, any. I was looking for guests for people who wanted to discuss some things, and one of the topics were um, being a child in a home with either divorced parents or parents who separated. And I come from a home of two divorces. Okay. Ooh. Eight years old, and then um, I'll explain this a little bit. Like, I'm curious. So my dad divorced my mom and then he was divorced from my stepmom okay so it's, it's crazy because they were like 10 years apart almost the first um one i was young you know real young so i was like eight years old and my mom and dad were like we're getting divorced and i'm like oh my god is it my fault i promise i promise i won't talk no more <laughs> because i i was i think i was only in the second grade but i had just started going to sharon mm -hmm. and that's when i got the other side coming out you know i was a little more talk back i don't know why i don't know why but you know i went to boardman for kindergarten and first grade i was i felt like i was a good kid but um I'm, i know i was talking back a little early in life so anyway i was like is it me you know i know i talk a lot i kind of talk back all the time but i don't understand every time y'all tell me to do stuff it, it don't make sense to me so i'm just trying to figure out you right. know make it make sense mom <laughs> or dad so I'm sorry, but I was like, it's my fault, but I took it really hard. I cried every morning going to school. I needed my dad to come to the house and 
be there when I got home. I'm like, no. And, I, you know, being young and then growing through that. And when I got older, I would talk to my mom about it. And she almost reminded me because I, I, I wouldn't think about it. And then I started thinking about it all the time. I'm like, you know what? I forgot about that. <laughs> hey, I, I would go to school every morning the whole first year and part of the, the next year crying. I'm like, no, I hate this. I don't want to go here. Then I would have a good day. Come home, watch TV. The next morning I would, I'm, I'm like, it's thing. just like kids now. I'm like, it don't even make sense. Like, you come home happy. Why are you going back the next day crying? Like, why don't you want to do this? <laughs> it seemed to be okay. Why are you crying every day? I wonder how my mom put up with it because, like, could you imagine it? Like, an annoying ass kid just, ah, uh, I don't like actual tears, but making the tears. Oh, was I really sad? Right, like, I know what you mean. Like, one of those times where kid, where you force yourself to cry is like, mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to cry, please, please, please. Well, if you love me, you would not put me in the... <laughs> if you really love me, you would not make me go here. But, um, yeah, I was only eight years old. But my dad still, like, came around a lot. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it probably wasn't until a year later where we actually, like, went to his home, like, his, like, new apartment. And I wonder how much of that was them protecting us and just making him come to our house. Right, trying to... For us, so it looked or looked better or felt better for us. And how long he had his own place. But, um, yeah, that was the first one. But um, I, I saw my dad almost every day or, and every weekend. Because Youngstown is this big. He better oh, yeah, he like, better come and see us. <laughs> um, like, even if you don't plan to, you just might bump into I him. I know, right? I can't believe cats really be out here, like, not taking care of their kids. Living, I mean, just living it up. <laughs> I can and I like. I can and I can't. Like right. at the same time, it's I can't like because they do it. <laughs> yeah, like, they've been doing it. I've seen it a little bit too much. Of like, man, you a whole ass bum out here. <laughs> like I know. I'm like I know your kids. Like I have friends. I did a podcast one time. Um, with you know some. It was the. It was. Are you sure? We released some episodes, but it was um with some mutual friends, mm-hmm. Chanda, um, Mike and Jarrell. But um, they don't have relationships with their fathers, and I thought I was like, I was like, wow, that's weird to be the only person like who actually grew up in, in a home with my dad, or have a relationship with him like now, or a good relationship. And that was like the first time I felt like other. I always felt like, oh well, yeah, <laughs> my parents are separated too, or my my parents are divorced right. too. But that was the first time I felt like other, and that's the first time I got to see, like, looking in. I'm like, wow, I wonder what type of effect that has on you, because I know the role, like, my dad played in my life. But he also divorced both of these women that played a a, a huge part of my life, too. Right. I think uh, one of the big effects it has is, like, uh, because the one thing I noticed with, like, people that's in our generation and whatnot, like like you said, there are some that don't really, or that are not involved with the kids' lives and whatnot. But a lot of them I know, like, who didn't have fathers involved, they're like, I want to be the complete opposite. And they're, like, super involved yeah. with their kids' lives because they, like, they don't want their kid to feel what they felt. Right. And this um, goes for women, too, because I know um, some women who didn't have their father in right. their lives or their mother. And I know, I know guys who didn't have their mothers in their life, and they strive and to exceed what they wanted and what they received. But, um, so 
Did your parents separate or did they divorce? Um, separated. Yeah, they uh, never were married. You know how uh, I, I kind of think of that one uh, meme I saw years ago where it showed like an old black couple. Like, oh, she's been with me for like 40 years now. I guess I'll marry her. Yeah. <laughs> like my parents, they have been together for years and they just never got married. And I'm sure as a child, like, who even cares one or yeah. knows the difference? Like, okay, that's mommy and daddy. They together. <laughs> Period. And, I, and I've learned, like, as I got older, I picked up some bad dating habits from them, <laughs> which I call the psycho habit. Ooh, not the psycho. I don't think I ever went psycho. No, no, not us going psycho, oh. but dating psychos. Oh, oh, okay. Because, uh... I remember, like, for example, after my mom and dad separated, I think I was in, ooh, I was pretty young. Uh, I want to say probably third grade or so, where I saw my dad's house in the news because it got caught on fire, found out, uh, jealous ex was upset and tried to burn down his house. Crazy. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's from my dad's side. And then from my mom's side, like, she's showing, like, I'm going through, like, old photos. She's showing me these old photos. I see this picture of her, like, with this one guy. I'm like, who's that? She's like, oh, that's my uh, old boyfriend we dated for a short while. I was like, who is he? She was like, Flip Williams. Like, do you know, you know who Flip is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, I was like, who? She told me. She, I was like, like what so. What you doing over there, Mom? <laughs> oh, yeah, she told me the reason why they broke up, though, too. She was like, one day we were in a car together while I'm driving, and... He said he saw somebody, was like, that dude owed me money. Got out, started arguing with him, pistol whipped him. And she was like, she told me, she was like, nope. Got up out of the car and just Yeah, this ain't, this ain't for me, Flip, sorry. But this ain't for me. I apologize, sir. <laughs> sir, I'm, and bless your heart, but I'm going to have to bow out gracefully. <laughs> yeah, right, but at like, least that shows that she got a smart mama. Oh, yeah. I need you to speak. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I leaned over to the hear you. They gonna be like, "Oh, your your equipment is shitty." I'm gonna be like, "No, no, no." He was speaking over there. He no, no. Ready. I got I got to lean it. I say, and then I, and then like I said, they have the crazy thing, and then I ended up getting into a crazy situation. Uh, dated this girl. I will not name her. Uh, we don't want her to sue us. Huh? I said we don't want her to sue us. Um, I don't think you can sue from prison. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? But yeah, uh, broke up. Then she like randomly like hit me up like after we started talking just because she happened to see my picture on the app and got upset again, threatened to kill me. And then uh, like tried to fight like uh, one of my exes. And then about a year and a half later, she ended up killing somebody. Just got convicted. I mean, just got convicted and sentenced. So, like, when I say, like, I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, that apparently, I mean, we eventually do get away from the crazy ones, but apparently my family, we just kind of get crazy people. Well, I'm, I'm sorry about your family attracting crazy, but, well, I don't know what the saying is. Crazy is, it's crazy does. Oh, yeah. But, uh. You gotta speak back into the mic. Sorry, I keep, I keep and, leaning. I keep leaning. Yeah, I wish. See, this is why we're gonna have to get a visual, <laughs> so they, right? So you can just be like, right. That's. I, 
try to tell people, get comfortable. Listen, I did a, um, one of my first five episodes with one of my friends, mm-hmm. and she was pregnant. And, um, motherfucker, guess what I did? Sorry for the language. Guess what I did? What? I didn't turn that back on. Oh. I'm gonna leave that in there, though, because this is raw footage. Started from the bottom until we get to the top. Greetings, my name is James Major Burns, and we're actually back the right way. So, one of the things that I was afraid of, and I used to get, be afraid of all the time before starting to record the podcast, was making sure I turned on the interface. And guess what? We had to take a brief pause, and before we, well, when we started back, guess what I didn't do? Turn on the interface. I want to apologize for the profanity if any children are listening to this, but I'm grown. Ask your mama. <laughs> but no, seriously, um... <clears throat> Yeah, that is, that's scary because, like, she killed somebody and she, you was with her. Oh, yeah. I right? mean, she threatened to kill me, too, like. Right now, you, like, definitely believe her. It's like, well, she wasn't playing. <laughs> she was trying to take, she said she would take me out and she was not joking. Hey, I still got the messages on my phone from it where it was like, she was like, well, hopefully my boyfriend will come kill you for me. I'm like. What, what did you do to her? To put it really simply, well, let's be slightly profound, like you, like you, profane, like you said, we're grown. I just fucked her. Like it, like I didn't do anything like crazy. Like I didn't mess around on her. Didn't like cheat on her or anything. It was kind of like a casual relationship, and she wanted more. And I said, I'm not there. I can't do that. You know what I mean? She's like, well, then lose my number. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I was like, well, I'm sorry to hear about that. (laughs) Like, if you don't want me to contact you, I won't contact you. And I didn't contact her. Then she came back with the whole crazy negative energy and threatening. And I'm like, oh, you ain't gonna contact me? Right. Like, exactly what you said to do? Like, oh, no, I I, I spoke to uh, one of my my lady friends. Not like lady friend like that, but like. Female friend. Yeah. I don't want to say female, like, before friend, because it it sounds like I'm, like, demeaning the fact that they're a woman. You know what I mean? Because the way some dudes use female. Right. I guess the way I'm already taking it is you spoke to a girl about... Yeah. To get some type of... You know. Right. But, yeah, and she was like, oh, you're supposed to contact her back. You're supposed to, like, hit her up. I was like, but she told me not to, and I wasn't really... Wanting what she wanted, like, but that's when I found out, like, you don't really gotta do much sometimes with some people. Sometimes people read more into things than what you do. Sometimes the little things that you do can mean a lot to other people. So I learned to move a little bit better since then. Well, I'm glad you are outside of that. And she is in prison because you cannot be out here killing people. Unfortunately, something will completely wrong in her life that got her to a, a place where she thought it was okay to be out here taking somebody else's life. But we're going to go ahead and move right on past yeah. that. So, um, do you still have relation, like good relationships with both your parents today? Um, still have a relationship with my mother, not with my father. No, not your dad? Nah. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. Oh. Like, uh, like, it soured as I got older. Um, he doesn't talk to me, like, at all. Just, like, just doesn't? 
I'll tell you how bad it is. Um, last time I seen him, uh, I was down playing at the playing some ball at the Y. We were actually on the same team, and you would not have known that we were uh, father and son. Ain't no way I, I would have played with him. Ain't no way I wouldn't have played with him. Well, they needed a tenth person. <laughs> mm. you, you said you Uber ball is life. <laughs> ball is life. Uh, uh-uh. ain't that much life. I don't know. Can't do it. Why aren't y'all talking? Uh, it had to do with after. Uh, like, cause one thing I will say about my father. First, twelve years of my life, amazing. Like I couldn't ask for a better father. I mean, I loved him, would go, you know, play ball. I mean, go up, love to go up over his house on the weekends. Uh, I just used to love to hang out with him, hang out at his shop. Like, I was all about my dad. Um, after that, he he got married. Uh, and, like, his new wife, she pretty much cut a lot of the family out, like old family, old friends. And she didn't really care for me. And it got to the point where if I go up there for the weekend, it just wasn't, it wasn't uh, an enjoyable experience. Does he not stay in Youngstown? Hmm? Does he not stay here? Oh, he still stays in Youngstown. Like he, he moved from like down, like he moved from living on the South side out to living in Canfield, but that's nothing. You know what I mean? But yeah, he, uh, he like, she really treated a lot of people nasty, and he never saw it. And then uh, after a while, it, it started to become like everything was an issue, Come like coming back to her. Then after a while, it's like when you make an effort, like, like as far as relationships between us, if I never went to go see him, I wouldn't see him. So it kind of got to the point where you know, you're a teenager and you start to get to adulthood. Well, more so when you're a teenager, because this is like, this happened like, started happening around like the age of 12, 13, 14. This is when you like, you starting to- Burn into your like, you, adult self. Or yeah, you you're coming into yourself. Like, this is a part where like, you know, father supposed to teach you how to shave. One there for that, now, like stuff like that. How old were you when they, your parents separated? They, they separated twice. They separated like when I was very, very young. I think around two. And they got back together and they separated again. I want to say when I was around seven or so. And uh, I remember that one because uh, they had problems before that, like with my name. Because uh, some of my friends know this. Uh, Eugene Carper Jr. is not my birth name. My birth name was Eugene Robert Assembly. My father was like, no, you gotta be a junior. So they argued for a while and when I was around four, so I got my name changed to Eugene Carper Jr. So what was it initially? Eugene Robert Assembly. Did you know that? Huh? Did you know that when you were young? Did they? Yeah, oh yeah, because I remember, you know, being in preschool-ish. And stuff, you write your name now, Eugene Robert Assembly. And then it's like, oh, no, 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 don't write that name down anymore. But now, no. Eugene Carpenter Jr. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, 
I guess so. If that's what they was, if that's what they wanted, I guess you know. But now you can call yourself whatever you want. Yeah. But um, I watched Real Housewives of Atlanta and this um girl on there. Her name is Eva Marcel now Sterling, but um, she won America's Next Top Model Cycle Three. But um, <laughs> she just got her daughter's last name changed to her husband's last name because he actually had raised her since she was born because she wasn't with the child's father anymore because of um, their relationship and there was kind of a domestic violence right. relationship. But he had the stepfather actually raised him, raised her since she was, um, you know, basically born. So she was the only dad he knew. On top of that, her mom's last name was now Sterling. Her two brothers' names are now Sterling. So I believe they did talk with her about it. And she, um, I don't know if she started dressing herself as a Sterling also or started asking about it. Mm-hmm. But they got the name changed. Legally. Legally. But with, you know, her knowing and blessing it. But they was just like, nah, change your name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I was young when my name got changed. It was like, psh- um, in fact, uh, very funny thing. Uh, oh, I can't remember what I was. I was doing something over the computer, and uh, they had to do like a background check. It's like, oh yeah, we gotta. Oh, they had to make sure I was registered uh, as uh... to vote or a citizen. No, uh, as a citizen uh, for uh, selective service, you know, for and like they was like, yeah, we just gotta have your approval. You know what I mean? Like, to show that you're listed in there. So I'm just searching my name, searching my name. It's like, no results, no results. So I'm like, like I know I registered because I had to register to vote, and they automatically do that. You know right. what I mean? And then I was like, they better not have it. <laughs> <laughs> put, in my, put in that Eugene Robert to Sibley, popped up like. Get out. They say, we go. Somebody's trying to steal your other identity. <laughs> right, I'm like, man. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. Every once in a while, it pops up as an annoying thing where the old name pops up. Well, I can't believe they um, had you change your name. But um, how does it make you feel today about like not having a relationship with your dad? Because it's, well, how old are you now? 29. So it's been over 10 years that you haven't, um, what, like 15, almost 15 years that you haven't? It's, it's just... I'll say this, it gradually got worse. It only got to the point that we weren't talking uh, back in uh, 2017. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was 2017, sorry, I had to think about it. Um, When my grandmother, his mother died. And I wasn't told. Like, I wasn't told that, you know, she was dying um in fact i found it out on facebook through uh reverend macklin put you know great man wrote some nice words about her because he knew her and i'm like wow like i don't get a call right and then from that point on whenever he had seen me he wouldn't even talk you know and i remember at the time like uh when she died i couldn't even go to the uh I didn't go to the funeral just because it's like you're already dealing with the hurt of, you know, losing someone close to you. And then it's like, I can't deal with, you know, the fact that I might see him. I can't. I couldn't. uh, I couldn't safely say how I would have reacted. 
like usually I'm a pretty calm, I'm a pretty calm person now. I know I used to have an anger temper. I mean, anger problem when I was uh, younger. Younger me might have came out. I don't know, but like. Right, and then on top of the fact that you didn't get a, a phone call from anyone telling them that your grandmother had passed. Right. So that there's that level, and it's like, it's, it's, I, it would make me feel like they didn't want me there. Right, like, and like, uh, afterwards, like, I started, like, I spoke to other people, like, in my, uh, like, family, like my uncle, like, he, like, a lot of, like, my uncle and my sister and whatnot, a lot of other people thought, like, they didn't find out till after the funeral and everything. They thought I knew. And I just didn't, you know, show. It's like, well, obviously, his dad would have told him, nope. Heck, it wasn't even until uh, a year after that, I found out my grandmother actually left me something in the will. Dad didn't tell me that. My uncle just happened to contact me. In fact, he actually warned me, like, do not let your dad's wife know about this. That I told oh, so they're still married? Oh, my dad and his new wife, yeah. So you don't actually know what issue your dad has with you? No, not really. I I used to joke that it was jealousy about the hair. Because, uh, I, I mean, I know they can't see, but, like, I got dreads. And my dad was bald by, this age, by the same age as me. Which I am taking after my father. Very <laughs> lovely right now. You know, 22, 23, I was like, it, it just ain't for me. No, mama, go ahead now. Because this hairline, you know, I burnt my hair up with that escrow stuff. <laughs> I was escrowing my hair sometimes twice a week. Burning it right out my scalp, not knowing. Oh. I was like, I need curls. I need curls. <laughs> Next thing you know, my hair started, um, like, um, turning like, colors. I oh, like, oh, no. brown. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's a nice look on me. Then it was... And then it started falling out. Oh, no. That was the end of an era because, you know, I always had that that receding hairline. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't receding. It was just like, you know, the back of the baseball field. Like, it was just always like rounded out. It was never like lined up. Which I will say for all those people with these crispy hairlines, that's not natural either. It's it's like a lace front. (laughs) You gotta go get that cut into your scalp. You know, I'm proud of my receding now gone hairline. Oh, my mom used to have the funniest jokes because she was like, She's like, Eugene, would you believe that your dad used to have a cherry curl, like the trippiest of cherry curls? I used to, have to put a <laughs> towel on the Not couch. The <laughs> she said, like, he'd come over, I'd put, ca- put a towel on the couch because he'd get up and be a stain there. And, she, uh-uh. and he was like, she told me, was like, he used to always sit in the same spot, so it was just a permanent stain on my one couch from his cherry curls. Then one day, he cut it all off. He was like, I was losing my hair. <laughs> Yeah, Cassie out here bold. Um, I waited on the man the other day at work, and the, like the top of his hair was gone, but he still had nice length on the side and the back, <laughs> and that's what he was rocking with. See, here's the thing: I, I've promised myself with my hairline, I'm not about to be Jerry Rice when he had like them little braids that only covered half of his head. Stevie Wonder or Stevie Wonder. He's I'm still not about out here. To... Mm-mm. Like if you get to that point, I'm sorry. I'm just. Zoom, I'm going to go bald. I'm going to go with the bald look. But I ain't about to have that little half thing going on. That just looked horrible. Listen, you know, cats out here, you know, if they don't mind, it don't matter, you know? 
Yeah. We don't mind, we don't matter, and our opinions don't matter. Which is the way you're supposed to live your life anyway. If that's what you want, that's what you want. True, true. It's just like, you know, people out here, uh, it's like men who wear toupees. I'm like, I ain't mad at it. I wish I could find me a nice little something to line me up with, but I'd probably sweat it off. <laughs> See, I've never seen a toupee, knowingly, except on like TV shows. I I saw an old, uh, old black guy one time with a toupee on. And I mean, it just looked like a lid, you know? I was just like, <laughs> hold up. It was the smoothest, like, it was brushed out. I was like, nah, this ain't this cat hair. Like, it was noticeably not his hair. See, now, if they make, like, they really get up on that fake beard game, I'm going to be on it because, uh... Oh, what you cannot see here is, is a lot of space and opportunity. Yeah, I got the, <laughs> I got the Anthony Hamilton, y'all. <laughs> Like, smooth skin. They're like, that real smooth skin, baby. <laughs> right in between your beard. Like, I'll be trying. Hey, the sad thing is, I'll be trying. Like, this beard, well, I can't even call this a beard. This is from No Shave November. Yeah, it ain't happen. Like, I try to, but like, when I shave it all off, then I look baby face and I start getting disrespected. <laughs> you know, I like having my beard because I, I like it make me feel older like, you know <laughs> I'm finally at the age where it's just always there I'm not cutting my hair every day I can't it's a lot of work and I'm not doing it yeah so um I, I used to love having a nice smooth face every other day I cut my hair but now I'm like I ain't got time for it see I just have my beard see the thing is though like well I, don't, I know this may sound weird though like you got like a mature face like you know what I mean like you look like you look like a man, like, you know what I mean, don't <laughs> yeah, you? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, like, that's how I felt before I cut my hair off. I was like, I always like put my hands over my hair. I'm like, I'm like, I think I'd be all right, ball. I'm like, I, you know, I feel like, um, like my age range is like from here to here, so I can look this. I'm like, I look from like this age to this age, but the beard added, like, I, I'm, I'm all right, well, looking like oh, 33, 35 with my beard, but with the when it's gone, I'm like, you know, I'm still 23, 25, you know. But it's cool. I, I'm 29. I'll be 30 this year, and I'm excited. See, I'm 29. I'm about to be 29 this year. I ain't allowing myself to hit that 30. I'm going to hit it. You know, I should have stopped at 25, but I kept going. So I'm going to go ahead and hit that 30, and my brother just turned 31. Yeah, like, uh, with the beard thing, like, I remember uh, one time I shaved, freshly smooth shaved, went to go see a movie, pimply-faced kid, voice cracking at the ticket booth. I'm seeing a rated R movie. Can I see some ID? I'm like, boy, if you don't get up out of my face, <laughs> ask him for some ID. He's like, challenging your whole gangster. Right? I'm like, I can see if, like, I understand alcohol, you know, because they say it lets you look 40, they got to ask or whatever. That's crazy. But, like, 40? Like, that's the rules, but, you know, like, a lot of places don't really follow it. Right, but if you ain't getting ID, does they tell you you out here looking old? <laughs> I was like, what you trying to say? I got my ID right here. But the fact that they ID'd me at a movie theater for an R-rated movie, I'm like, man. He got buff, but you like, ID. Like, oh, for real? Come out from uh, behind that ticket booth. Right. I ain't gangster, but you tested me. Right. (laughs) Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. Right. (laughs) But, um... So eventually what I want to do with um, this podcast and this conversation, because I would like to have it with a group of people who 
have experienced the same thing, but experienced it in different ways. Because um, like, the first divorce for me wasn't as bad as the second one because the second one I was almost an adult, 16, the oldest child in the house. Mm-hmm. So I was the middleman. Right, you gotta. You tell your daddy, I said. Oof. And he be like, you go tell her, I said. And I would literally, literally be there, like. So I, I remember the days I would be like, do I have to? <laughs> Thinking I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stand up and just be like, you know what? Don't involve me in your mess. You go talk to each other, respectfully. Right, you should have been like, no. Nope. You should have said, you know what? Nights and weekends is free, and it's also free after seven call each other listen but i was like i'm gonna just go ahead and tell them respectfully that i'm that you know i'm gonna go ahead and bow out between this that is between the two of you but they quickly reminded me that i'm the child and i do what i do, tell what they tell me to do right i was like dang like for real like y'all <laughs> out here cussing each other out through me and i can't even say the cuss words <laughs> because then you're gonna be mad but yeah you know what after they got divorced, because the divorce didn't happen immediately. Like, I remember when, it's, um, when it was like, all right, this is it. They they done with each other, but we still all live together. <laughs> oh. Like, why didn't, you, why didn't y'all get divorced? Like, why ain't nobody moving out? That's just so awkward. Yeah. Just cutting It's like it. they broke up, but we all still live together. Oh, no. You just, that tension in the air had to be thick. We had good days and bad days. I would come home and see all the cars in the driveway, like, damn. <sighs> all right, listen. I didn't know what I was walking into. <laughs> I would walk into the house after a bad day arguing, and they'd be all over each other. I would be like, the fuck? I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, okay, well, maybe we're going to be a family again. Because I like being a whole family. Mom, yeah. dad, three kids, and a dog. And we had a dog. AKA the American dream. Yes. I was like, we the Obamas. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. I said, we, we the Obamas. Hey. And no. I was, I loved it. I loved their four black families. And then it, it all went to hell. You know, they they had four cars. I won't say we because they, I wasn't allowed to drive none of them. <laughs> Whatever. But, um. You ain't driving on the weekend? I only could drive to the store when they let me. Okay. And I was to the store <laughs> and back. I'm just saying, because I know, like, my cousin wasn't allowed to drive my grandma's car. That's who raised him. But he drove that car when she. You know, I, my parent, my dad is still old enough to beat me, so I'm not gonna say anything until he can't walk no more. <laughs> and that is the name of the game, period. But yeah, um, it was wild. But you know what? It um, affected me and my brothers all in a different way. And it's crazy because I was, I felt like a kid, and I was dealing with way more than just a divorce. So I'm like, I didn't even know how to comfort my younger siblings, which I wish I could have done. Right. But I, it was destroying me as well. It forced you kind of into growing up before you really could, you know, like, before you were really supposed to. Like, Yeah, it was like, save me first. I was like, I got to save me because this is driving me crazy. I, like, nobody wanted to go home. It was, it was bad. And I feel bad, like, the part I felt bad about was um, not understanding at the time that they were going through the divorce and I was just mad at them. I'm like, y'all don't care about us. But I'm like, well, they're... when I got older, I was like, well, they were actually breaking up. Like they were divorcing. Their yeah. wars were falling apart. I guess they didn't care at the time about how we felt. 
but it's a whole family divorce. So sometimes when I say I've been divorced, people feel like, you were married? I'm like, yeah, my dad was married twice and we got divorced <laughs> twice. We. It's a package deal. I was right there because mar- family's married. Not just two people, but the whole family was married. I was at the house <laughs> with everything going on every day. So we all divorced. Right. I'll just say, that's the thing. Like, it sounds like you actually got, like, like you know, close and into a family. Oh, like, yeah, I still talk to my stepmom. I still uh, address her as my stepmom. My stepbrother is, you know, is my brother. It, you know, we were with him since he was three. And it's just, um, it don't make us any less family, which is great to have that type of relationship. Because when you just boyfriend and girlfriend and you dating for like a year or even a few months and like people get involved like that, you don't have any rights. Right. Even my dad didn't have rights to my stepbrother which is is weird because he you know he raised him so it's like if my stepmom wanted to be like you can't see him she could actually do that so i think i you know that's what i was saying earlier about like if i said it earlier i can't remember if i was talking about this on about dads and like their rights mm-hmm. yeah oh so that's what i was saying about earlier like even with that and i know it's like not their kids but if, if we were together over 10 years so now he doesn't have any rights over what is his child? Right. By law, so now just by law, it's not his child anymore. So he gets nothing. Like if they want to just be like, nope. Even if it's the other way around, it's just like, oh, this yeah. is my child. It's like, well, this has been our child for thirteen years. Now all of a sudden, it's by law, like legally, they say nothing, but you can't remove the emotional connection that formed. Right. See, uh, I know myself. Like when my dad, he got married. Uh, uh, his uh, wife, she had a daughter, like not his daughter, but so I have a stepsister, and some people call me cruel for this. They're like, like when they're like, "Oh, so your sister?" I'm like, "She's not my sister." I'm like, you don't like her? I'm like, no, no, it's not that I don't like her. Like I have no feeling, like no ill feelings for her. Like I may not like my father and may not care for her mother, but we were cool. But it's the fact that. You know, they, like, they got together when I was 12. They got married when I was 14. So I went through, you know, a good chunk of my life without this girl in my life. Right. And then I only see her on weekends and then from time to time. Right now, I haven't seen her in probably eight years. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can't call her my sister because there's no real... But there's no connection there. Yeah. Like, uh, I have a friend that she insists on calling her my sister. I'm like, I'm sorry, I actually have a sister, you know, blood one, and I don't mean to disrespect her again. It's just we're not... It's not you. <laughs> it's not like that, like... Well, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, people get to choose who their families are, too, because, you know, sometimes your family is the one that you don't have the greatest relationship with. But it's because we're just, you know, people are people. Right. And I know you got the same grandma or something like that, but you don't always owe them anything for that. You right. Don't owe them, you don't owe them anything for that. Yeah, that's one of the one things I, I learned. Like, I started to go to therapy, and they, like, like one of the first things that, you know, therapy do, they get back to childhood roots and issues and whatnot. So they asked about my relationship with my, you know, parents and whatnot. And, like, one thing that the therapist let me know was, like, 
like, because, like, a lot of my family members like, well, that's your dad. You don't talk to him. You really got to talk to him. My therapist was like, if having a relationship with him creates such tension, such conflict with you, then don't do it. Like, because you still got to look out for your own well-being. If it's making you hate, you know, feel self-doubt, hate yourself or whatever, you don't need that in your life. And, like, it's one of the things I kind of learned is, like, sometimes, like, we do have, like he said, you got family. Sometimes you do have to cut some people out just because it's just not healthy. And I can imagine it having to be a parent. Yeah. And I felt that way when I had to decide, like, when I was going to not be ashamed of, like, who I was. I'm like, I have to be willing to risk everyone else but me because I felt like I had risked myself most of my life mm -hmm. so I'm like I'm at the point in my life where I was like deciding to choose myself and I'm like well if that means risking everyone else I would but um it the older I get the more um and my habits remain the same or change or notice something about myself whether it's new or old now I'm going back asking myself why I'm the way I am now. I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> or I'll think of something that happened to me. I've been having a lot of old memories come back to me. Yeah. And I'm like, that did happen. <laughs> but why am I thinking about it now? This is, I'm like, this is like really random. And it happens in too many different times. But I'm like, why is this happening to me? Why, why am I thinking about this now? Or I'm like, wow, I can't believe this happened to this and to get to here and now. Right. And now I'm here. You start to look like back at the, at certain key moments you kind of forgot about that shaped you to what you are, to where you are today. Right. But um, that is life and I love life and I'm happy to be alive. Oh, yeah. So, and I'm going to keep figuring it out. Like being younger and them saying like, you know, you just got to keep figuring out life as you go. There's no book. Yes. I can now contest that. <laughs> there is no book of this year called life. No rule book. You just go at it. Kind of got to just... Whole life is winging it. Plus, people are doing it their own way every day. So, for everybody out there who feel like they can't live their lives, you actually can, and you're doing a good job. But um, we have to wrap this up. Right. So we're gonna have to have another session because we have some more things to talk about. But um, I want to thank you for being a guest on the third degree with James Major Burns. Oh, thank you for the invite. Yes, and you're gonna have to give me the correct spelling of your name so we can get you right when we get out of here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I got you. All right. Say goodbye to the folks out there. Adios. Have a good night, folks. Mm -hmm.